Hey, welcome. My name is Glenn Lundy. Super excited to be launching our new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Can you believe it? That's right. The Breakfast with Champions podcast has finally arrived. This is your opportunity to get motivation, education, and inspiration every single day. And ultimately, your opportunity to get a seat at the table, to be a fly on the wall, to listen in to some conversations between some of the most amazing superhumans from around the planet. We're talking about people that are doing the things you know you can do, that have reached some of those levels you know you can reach. We've got celebrity interviews with people like Tiffany Haddish and Grant Cardone, Lauren Rittiger. We've got specialists in areas like Capital Ventures, right? Or wealth building, wealth management, real estate, all kinds of incredible conversations. And what's amazing about the Breakfast with Champions podcast is you're going to be able to tune in, listen in. They won't even know you're there, right? It's just like you're, you're, you're listening in on all these incredible secrets of some of the most successful humans from all around the world. You know, when we launched Breakfast with Champions, we had no idea of the power that it was gonna have. We had no idea of the collaborations it would create. We had no idea that we'd be able to connect humans from England and Australia and Saigon and America, of course, all together in one room having powerful conversations that elevate everyone in the experience. Listen, if you like these episodes of Breakfast with Champions, do me a huge favor and let us know. We would greatly appreciate it. We pour into this. You're going to get five to six hours of content every single day, Monday through Friday, five days a week. You can keep coming back. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast. We'd appreciate it. Drop your comments, share your thoughts and your reviews. It mean the world to us if you would do that. And in exchange, we promise you that we will always create a space, a safe space where you can come. You're not going to get politics here. It's not going to happen. You'll never see any type of division in here. It's actually exactly the opposite. We have a bunch of different people with different belief systems, different upbringing, different backgrounds. We've got people from all different ethnicities all coming together. But the one thing that we share is everyone in this room shares the same heart. And it is a heart to elevate you, to encourage you, to inspire you, and to help you become the absolute best version of yourself that you can possibly be. So if you would, do us a favor, write those reviews, subscribe to the podcast, tell your friends. We're going to be here, and we hope that you will be too. Enjoy Breakfast with Champions. You'll see there in the notes that you can skip forward. You can move back. If you need to pause it for a minute, you'll now have that opportunity to do so. We do record these daily on Clubhouse. We have a Breakfast with Champions Club there, or you can follow me, Glenn Lundy, if you'd like to see those rooms, if that's an app that you enjoy. You can always come in and tune in live, or of course, just sit back and enjoy right here on the podcast and anywhere your podcast can be found. It is such an honor and a privilege to be able to spend this time with you. I know that there are a trillion places you could have chose to be. You chose to be right here with us on Breakfast with Champions, and that means the world to me, and I absolutely stinking love you for it. So with that said, we are excited to launch the new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Thanks so much. Hey, Lynn Davis, calling in from other time zones, and uh, pipe it in, so I'm going to pass the mic to you guys. How are you, Barb? Living my best life here on the Peloton. So <laughs> multitasking this morning. Got some shows this week, guys. It's all about how to travel efficiently now that uh, things have opened up. So if you're not following me yet on Instagram or Facebook or the TikToks, I'll be sharing some really cool hacks um, and specials and discounts on travel. So please follow me. So, Barb, where are we going to see you next on TV? Um, it's going to be on NBC on different programs. So sometimes we just do these segments and they get farmed out to different um, different shows, different networks. So it could be New York Live. You could see me in San Francisco, in Denver. Um, I just never know. I'll find out tomorrow and I'll make sure um, I promote it. But you might just be seeing me all summer long on uh, every time you turn on the TV. Yep, yep, yep. So, it could be so... that great of a summer. 
So you do things, you never know where you're going to end up. So it's a little bit. <laughs> it have, like I was life. on the plane. I was on a plane ride and I was like, oh, that's me. <laughs> hey, you. <laughs> Hello. Hello. Yeah, like I can't well, get good. away from myself trying to fly away and I can't get away. So, but it's fun. I it's going it. to be a fun segment. You know, I love TV. So I'm gearing up for that right now. Got a lot of work to do. Good. I love it. Raylan, how are you? Good morning, Mr. David. And Raylan, what have you been up to in your life? Since we you know, saw you last or listened to you last a week ago. Yeah, yeah. So last night or this weekend was an odd one for me. I was thinking about it actually um, last night and talking and thinking about, well, what are some things we could help people with uh, Brushwood Champions tomorrow? And David, I don't know if you've ever gotten to the point where the universe tells you to sit down. And that's pretty much what happened to me this weekend. <laughs> like my Interesting. my uh, three-year-old uh, son got was really really sick this weekend. Like a hundred at one point, like a hundred three fever. Like it was kind of scary at some points. Um, and honestly, we just sat on the couch for two days straight, David. And I've like I've already seen just about every Disney movie, but now even more so, I've seen like every Disney movie in the last like two days. And I'm not going to lie, Dave, it's not, I realized I have a bit of a flaw. I have many, but this one really stood out to me is David. I don't know how to sit down. Like, I don't know how to, I think I was getting so much anxiety because I wasn't moving. Now, luckily I, you know, I had some, uh, my, my little brother's here. Uh, and so he, he hung out with him while I wouldn't worked out and stuff and that helped. But then it was like, almost like the, my eyes open. Cause I was like, all this anxiety in the world, all, all this time that I feel like, oh man, like I, I got to start moving. I think it's just extra energy because Glenn was talking about energy, right? And like, I just realized I am not very good at just sitting. Does that make sense? It does. It does. You know, it's interesting when uh, I, in fact, I was just thinking about this uh, with a number of people over the weekend. And it's, it's really interesting how we human beings have this intense need to drive the car, so to speak, to have our hands on the wheel, to control everything, to fix everything. Uh, guys, even more than women, for sure. When, when, uh, whenever there's a, a situation, you know, we just think, well, let's fix it, um, no problem. And we sometimes, maybe too many times, forget to let the universe drive a little bit. You know what I mean? So. I, I get what you're saying. And, and once in a while, the universe just kind of slaps you down and says, hey, just simmer down, man. Um, <laughs> just sit there for a while and, and think about things uh, because you're not controlling everything and you never will. So it's, a, it's an interesting dynamic because on one hand, you know, we're sharing with people today, uh, as you've been listening to Glenn and you've been listening to uh, Ramon Spoof, you know, are your actions today serving you tomorrow? And so you sit there and naturally you go, well, man, it sounds like I have to control everything. And it is true that, that you are the X factor. We are each the X factor in our own life. So it means that it is up to us, as the great Dennis Waitley said, if it is to be, it's up to me. It is true that based on the things that you do, the actions that you take, it's going to dictate where you are tomorrow. So it's a little confounding. What are you talking about, Raylan? What are you talking about, David? That sometimes, you know, the universe is going to step in and it's going to just say, hey, I got this. You, you're not in control here. And, um, and those moments are actually really important if we're willing to take the time and think about them. You know, I was saying, Raylan, that isn't it interesting that, uh, the things that you think about when you go to, unfortunately, a funeral. And why is it that life is so precious when we're attending um, a memorial for somebody else's life? And, and why is it that it takes a funeral for so many of us to have that reminder? Why is it that we don't think that way every day? You know, it's like, why is it that people fix up their house and endless amounts of time and effort and focus and even money and getting their house ready to sell so it looks better than it ever looked in their entire lives? Why don't they live in that house? 
it, it, we're just really, really interesting creatures. And sometimes it's good to have those reminders. Um, you know, my wife is a physician and uh, it is scary when you have those times when you can't just fix what's going on in, in a loved one, especially when you have a little one who can't very effectively tell you what's, what's going on. But you go to the hospital, uh, if you were to go to the hospital, and you were to show up, they would say, yeah, you, sh you should go back home. <laughs> we, there's nothing we're going to do here. He's not at a 104 yet. Call us when he's at a 104, 104 and a half. And you're sitting here thinking, man, you're so heartless. Like, what are you, like, what are you talking about? But, you know, these people have put in years and years and years and years of training and what, what seems like just this incredibly intense emotional time, which it is for them. They saw that about five minutes ago and they know precisely what to do. They know precisely what it is. And so life is funny sometimes. And I think it's pretty cool. The type of lessons that we can learn in life if we're just willing to keep our eyes open, our ears open our, and our minds open to the lessons that are all around us pretty much all the time. Do you agree? Yeah, a thousand percent. And I think here's here was the struggle right now. It was interesting because I was like, well, where is the balance? Because I do see the the need sometimes to just go, you know, put your head down and, and let's get after it. Right. Like, I, I think. I create, uh, so there's this, I forgot the, the title and somebody here probably knows, maybe put it in the chat if you know, but there's a personality test that, and, and one of the things was I was a maverick. I don't know which test it was. Can't remember. If top Gun, was it the Top Gun test? Uh, yeah, exactly. Top maverick. Gun <laughs> test. I was maverick. And then somebody else I know was Goose, I, I, right? So, that's right. That's right. <laughs> I remember that test. <laughs> but so part of being a maverick, apparently, like my little description, it said in there, that uh, I am amazing at turning uh, chaos into order. However, my flaw and weakness is that if there is no chaos, I will make it just so I can put something in order. And so, you know, I think that is important to be the driving force and, and, and to take things, not just wait for it to come to you. But then there's also that counterpoint, that, that balance of letting go. And I had a, fr a friend of mine uh, a while ago, I was talking to him about this concept of letting go. Because I was like kind of exploring the idea of surrender. Surrender is interesting for me. It's like, what do you mean surrender? I, I was a you know former MMA fighter. Jiu-jitsu, there's no surrender. What do you mean surrender? <laughs> and and so he's talking about it and he tells me the story. He goes, you know, the guy had made millions of dollars um, and he was incredibly exhausted, right? But he was, he was, he, he described it as him in the middle of an ocean with a boat revving the engine. Like he's literally just, he's, he's going super, super fast, going really, really far, but he's revving the whole time. And he goes, well, you know, one day I decided I'm going to experiment. And he, he said, I, I wanted to see if I could still go somewhere without going anywhere. So he's like, I, I just let go of the, the motor. Bleed cut it off. And he's like, the boat started slowing down, slowing down. And he starts panicking. He's like, I, I, I'm not getting to where I want to go. I'm not getting to where I want to go. And he just kept reminding himself, no, just let go, let go, surrender. And so finally, the boat comes to a complete stop. He's at the like the lowest point of his life. He's like he's 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 lost a lot of the money he made over the years. And so finally, uh, all of a sudden, his boat starts moving. He starts picking up speed and moving and moving. And he's trying to figure it out. He's like, I I literally am not touching the motor. How am I moving so fast? And eventually, he moves even faster than he was when he had the motor. He looks up, and the entire time, the entire time on his boat, he had a, uh, he had a sail, and. Again, this concept, David, has, since I had that conversation with him and he told me that amazing story, I got the concept, but it's still interesting to me. What is that balance? I feel like there are people that are letting the universe dictate what happens to them. And they are incredibly unhappy because things just happen to them versus for them, right? And then there's the other flip side to it, which is then you have people that are constantly driving and they're losing out on the endless possibilities that are out there. So once again, what is that balance? Where does it come? Yeah, I, I, um, it's interesting. I guess here's a question for everybody. You know, would you rather be, would you rather be driving the car or would you rather be in the backseat? I mean, at the end of the day, 
you know, would you rather be in the back seat and just kind of let life takes you wherever it takes you? It's kind of like you're spinning the wheel on the prices, right? And wherever it lands, it lands. Or would you rather be driving the car? I mean, when you look around, and again, success leaves clues. Life leaves clues. When you look around in life and you look around at the people that, <laughs> excuse me, uh, sneeze, sorry, I'm trying to stop it. But when you look around at the people that you admire, that you respect, um, I, I'm always looking for people who are living uncommon lives, you know, who are living extraordinary lives. And they don't have to be celebrities. They don't have to be famous. They don't have to be billionaires. Um, they don't have to uh, fit in any particular box. But the one thing I would say, Raylan, that they all have in common and, you know, when you consider that everybody wants three things, everybody wants success on their own terms, whatever that means to them, however they define it. Everybody wants happiness, sustainable happiness. Everybody wants to have a fulfilled life. And when you think about those people, regardless of where they're from, where they came from, what they do, um, they are they are living on their own terms. They are living an extraordinary life uh, where they have created this sustainable happiness. And in every single case, it's purposeful. And I think that's a really key word. It's purposeful. It's intentional. Um, and what that means at the end of the day is they are, in fact, driving the car. It's very hard to be purposeful and intentional when you're in the backseat and you're just letting the universe take you wherever the heck it takes you. It's not that there's not beauty in that from time to time. And don't get me wrong, quite the opposite. I think those very same people at times, there are those amongst them who do value that and do, who do pay attention and who do listen to the lessons that the universe teaches you. Um, they listen to the reminders. They pay attention to those reminders. They learn something from it. But then they go back to putting their hands on the wheel, don't you think? Well, you know, yeah. can I just jump in on this? Yes. I absolutely love this conversation. Well, it's about time. <laughs> so I can never, I can't stay away. You know, you, sometimes you lead and sometimes you follow. Life is life is a dance. And I don't know if that's a country music song, but it's really true. And it's in relationships. It's in work. We have to, and I was listening to Jay Shetty this weekend. And he had just, he was talking about how he filled his life so much with so many to-do things, podcasts and speaking engagements and phone calls and meetings that he left something off the table, which was being a constant learner and, you know, learning and curiosity and feeding our mind really keeps us engaged and keeps the neurons firing. So sometimes we are, sometimes we're in the driver's seat and sometimes we have to take that step back. So we have that opportunity to learn. And so I am really loving this conversation. And I think it's so important in this climate, especially right now, as we are being fed so many news stories, the, the news cycle is so fast. It's so furious and it is so fear-based that we need everyone to take a minute and take that moment. Like Jay Shetty took stock and inventory of what was going going on and he was just in the doing space and not in the learning space and if we we have to have both sides of the coin fully deployed and when i'm saying that in the news cycle and the temperament and the climate that we're in right now is number one this too shall pass tom hanks had a great interview recently and he's like no matter what you're going through whether it's amazing and you're getting awards and you're getting recognized this too shall pass along with tough times life just has a way of going through cyclical cycles having you know things go up and go down and sometimes we lead and sometimes we follow and in the vein of this new cycle what is going on right now i'm going to ask everybody to not just consume not just be a consumer of the news and what is being fed to you, but take that moment of inner reflection and dissect it and be a student. Don't just be a consumer, be a processor of the news by using critical thinking. And I think we have lost that in our society and as a culture is that we are just supposed to take things. We're supposed to go to college, get a good job. Like we're on this, these rote courses that have been ingrained in us. And we need to take a minute, just like Jay Shetty did and realize I was just doing things. I was following the leader. I was doing, doing, doing. 
And it wasn't taking that moment to learn. So we need to have both sides of the coin. We have to lead. We have to follow. We have to be in the driver's seat. We have to be in the passenger seat. We have to consume information. But at the same time, we also have to be evaluators with our critical minds of that information and question question, 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 everything that is being fed to us and all of these news cycles and the stations and everything that we're consuming. There's two sides to every coin. And that is so important. Lead, follow, drive, passenger seat, all the things. Does that make sense? It does. (laughs) It does. It does. And, you know, it's, it's interesting. I think there's another really good question in there. Are you living a check the box kind of a life? You know, um, I was listening to somebody um, just the other day. Uh, it was actually a, a, a client, and he said something about talking about his managers. He invests a, a lot of time, energy, and money in his management team to help grow them. And so he will avail them to a really tremendous uh, people, business leaders, people he knows in an effort to help grow them. And he says, he said, David, at one point, he says, I don't want uh, a bunch of uh, educated uh, underperformers. In other words, it doesn't do any good for them to go through what I'm giving them, and then they do nothing with it. Now they're just educated underperformers versus uneducated underperformers, and there's no glory in either one of those. And what you're saying is, is a little similar to that because so many uh, people will have this tendency, they'll have an interest in learning, they'll have an interest in exposing themselves, they'll have an interest in uh, attending something or listening to something, and then they just go back uh, to the same life and the same approach and the same methodology, forever wondering why I don't get it. I'm they, doing they, what they told me to do. David, yeah, Brian. David, you're speaking from such a, a spot of understanding because that's exactly it uh the, how many times have i had somebody's hey listeners if you enjoy listening to breakfast with champions we can bet you care about your daily routine do you want to know the secret to the perfect routine it's the perfect morning glenn has written a free ebook called the morning five five simple steps to an extraordinary morning if you can transform your morning you can transform your life Head on over to themorning5.com to learn more about the five ways you can change the way you start your day. Hey, there's a meeting in Vegas. I, I really want to go to that meeting. And you send them to the meeting and they come back and nothing changes, nothing happens. They don't put the car in gear. They don't engage. And, and, and then, you know, I'm, I'm thinking of a gentleman who's no longer with the dealership that, you know, I just said, you're, you're never going to go again. I'm sorry. You know, I'm not sending you there to go. Uh, to the to, to the Vegas Strip, you know, if there's something that you should be able to get out of it, and if you're not able to get at anything out of it, why waste your time and my time? It's that fear of missing out. They they quote unquote think they've caught themselves up, as if that's the purpose, right? The purpose is to get some knowledge and then do something with it. So when when you speak of that, you know, that's exactly what I'm hearing. You know, we, we, I'll send two two people to NCM. They both go to the same meeting. One comes back with his hair on fire, action plans, and starts working. The other guy says, yeah, that's pretty good. It's a good review. <laughs> it's a completely different outcome. Same hey, Brian, same you, know what, you know what it reminds me of, too, is, uh, and, and uh, Raylan, I'm sure you've been in the, uh, in the room of the Saturday sales meetings, but um, what, one of the things that just always strikes me is when you're doing those Saturday sales meetings that you're doing live in front of people is that the amount of preparation that you put the thing that I always hear every time is that is the papers rustling, you know, the notes that I, that I know that you took the time to sit down and write and be purposeful, intentional. How can I have the greatest impact on this group of humans that I possibly can in this one hour period of time? And the amount, how often times that you put more money, more time and more effort in the preparation, hours and hours, papers and papers, pages and pages, all they have to do is show up, open their brains, consume the information, and then go do something with it. And the reality is, unfortunately, probably 70 to 80% of people, 50, 60, 70, 80% of people 
will go, wow, that was kind of interesting, or I wonder who he's talking about, or why is he getting so excited? And then they go back to doing things the way they did before, and five minutes later, they're going to be complaining to somebody that life isn't treating them the way that it should. Yeah, yeah go ahead, Raylan, I'm sorry. Well, first of all, Brian, I'm glad to, to see you. It's been a, I feel like it's been a while, and also... Uh, everyone's commenting on your classic music. Are you watching Bridgerton in the background right now? Or, or wow, you know? I, yeah, I didn't know that I had it. I, you know, I, I think the classic classical music really sets a back backdrop for me uh, mentally. I don't know how or why, but it just opens me up sometimes. So, no, I dig it, man. But uh, so so th this concept, right? Uh, I think what's interesting is people don't ask enough questions, and we've lost like the idea of like. Um, philosophy right to be a philosopher is just someone that seeks wisdom and i feel like we've lost that in our society like no one ever is just questioning things i think part of that is because we really like acting as though we know it all and by the way i i have i make this mistake a lot like i i do at, at times i talk so much and people ask me so, like a lot of questions and i'm always in coach mode where where those mornings for me where i'm sitting down with my journal it's all about questions because it brings me back to the remindering me remembering that I don't know everything and we have to kind of like dig and ask questions. And so those people that go to these, these workshops, go to these events, go to these things, they don't ever ask themselves the question of, okay, how am I going to use this? Like one of the things that we do, I run a monthly workshop for coaches and in the pre-intentions tool, right? There's a worksheet that we send them before. And one of the questions is like, how will I ensure that I'm open? to all of my ideas. And the other part of it is uh, when we first started, I always did the same thing, which is you're going to hear things you've heard before, but I can almost guarantee you, you're not implementing the things that you've heard before. So there's a reason maybe you're hearing it again. And the question you have to ask yourself is how can I take this information and run with it, even if I've heard it before? Because again, maybe it's just that we've heard it a billion times, never taken action on it. And I, I, I truly believe that we're having an issue across the board, and if you look at the way that we treat each other and talk to each other, we think we know it all, when in fact, we don't know anything. <laughs> hey, hey, hey Raylan, I, I went to um, Florida, uh, I guess about three weeks ago, and I had a couple of buddies of mine on the plane, and I open up uh, a book and I'm reading, you know, after after the nonsense takeoff and stuff, and I'm reading and it's, um, it's the 5 a.m. club, and a, a buddy of mine is a little bit snarky, goes, how long does it take you to read a damn book? And I said, well, you see this? This indicates how many times I've read this damn book. And, and I was on time number four since October. And, you know, some, some people want to say they've read a thousand books. But imagine if you could get a book that's meaningful to you, that's sort of like a, a blueprint for you. Aren't you better off reading that multiple times than skimming, scanning, or blowing through some books without getting the true meaning and I, I find and I don't know about you but I find sometimes every time I read a book more than once I find different things in the book that I didn't quite catch the first time or and maybe I caught them the first time but I'm in a different place than I am I was then and so that has a different meaning or a different impact to me and I think that's what you know part of what you're talking about it's right really how do you get the true meaning and the true juice out of a good course out of a good instructor out of a good trip and I, I was just in Denmark and I was asked and I, I was uh, blessed to give a presentation but for the ma majority of the uh, seven hour meeting I was a student and I sat there with a, a man that's really bright uh, front of me and we took notes like schoolboys there because it was really a glimpse into the future of automotive that's already going on in Europe and we came back with action items and plans that we're articulating on how do we get out ahead of everybody here in the state this is not going to come to us or it's not going to come as quickly yeah i think i think that um this reminds me of uh you know i this is going to sound odd coming out of left field but i've been to two kinds of weddings in my life ones where i felt like a participant and ones like i felt like an observer and the ones where you go to a wedding and you feel like you're observer, you're just kind of third party. It's kind of like you you might as well be watching on TV. Uh, there's no real uh, connection. They just kind of go through the paces. They they ended up legally with the certificate. They kissed at the end, and now they 
they walked in single and they walked out. Man, man it sounds like a it sounds like a horror movie. No, it is. It is. I mean, those films no. are not but, great. Listen, yeah. and don't don't scare Barbara off too. I mean, she's like all lovey dovey. <laughs> she's in that don't, zone, don't, yeah, right? Well, the, no, hey, it's not Barb. We need to worry about scaring off. Right. I, right. It's the shark. You know, I, I, I was I was question I was questioning why Dan was getting fitted for Nike Bromero sevens. Uh, I'm not I'm not quite sure. Oh, <laughs> so, we uh, made it to nine twenty nine. Those sneakers are not I, made I, for I, walking. I, they are made for running. <laughs> I was, uh, I, I was when we're gonna when he's gonna stop being Dan and we're just gonna call him Chum. We're, I'm, uh, he's sure, he's sure. coming on this app. I'm gonna have him up here. All right, gonna, do it. You guys can, do can it. Interview him, grill him. Oh right. no, well, no, we, ask, we, we I'm no. gonna ask him about flowers, sympathy. <laughs> I don't know. Don't need to interview him. I, I, so, this is like a Greek tragedy. We, you know, the audience, <laughs> the, the audience knows, the, the audience the knows the outcome before the players do. You know, so it's just and like they it's, can't wait. Luckiest man well, uh, on the planet. I tell him this. This is my conditioning. I'm going to do a room on how to land a, a good man and uh, how to how to how to treat him right and brainwash him just a little bit. You know, tell him you, you right. know we're doing well. It's all good. I'll get him. Just let me get him to the altar, okay? That's all I ask. That brainwash part was kind of scary. It's conditioning. It's conditioning. One hundred percent. Yeah. Uh huh. Sure. Uh, nice. Nice pivot. <laughs> Well, anyways, you know, when you go to a wedding where you feel like a participant, there's a different level of energy uh, in that room or in that space. Everybody is connected. Everybody's in sync. Everybody's on the same page. And, you know, what you're talking about is when you read a book like like you're talking about, and it may sound just preposterous to some people, but it, it's not because you're actually activating that book you are no longer uh, a an observer just going through the motions of hey i read the book i checked the box next book coming up is this one but you actually now are a participant in listening to what what he shared with you in that book what's his name i have that book back on it uh robin robin sharma robin sharma's freaking brilliant yeah, he's guy brilliant. he's brilliant absolutely absolutely monk in his ferrari yeah the brilliant guy but um so now you're a participant and you got to ask yourself, anybody out there, you got to ask yourself whether it's listening to here right now, are you going to do something about it? If you go to a class like Brian's talking about, do you come back and do something about it? When you take on a virtual summit or you expend the money to go to 10X, I've asked this of, of Grant. I mean, people will say sometimes, uh, guys said, hey, you know, it's not, I don't think it's right. Grant charges all this money, blah, blah, blah. People go there and then nothing happens. That's not on Grant. That's not Grant's it's fault. Only it's only expensive if you don't do anything. Exactly. And if it's a hundred, if it's a hundred dollars and you don't do anything, it's expensive. You know, and, That's and, right. And, 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 and you know, part of the reason it's expensive is he doesn't want everybody there. You, 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 you want to make it, you know, set the bar high and get the right people there. And that's how you get that. Like you talk about the wedding where everyone's in sync. That's how you get the group of believers there. We don't need the guy or the gal with their arms folded, shaking their head. No, this isn't any good. This isn't any good. We don't need them. Stay at home. We, 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 there are enough naysayers out there. We want the believers. Well, it's also just like a, a Peloton. Like everyone's like a Peloton is really expensive. It's only expensive and useless if you don't use it. But if you use it, it actually yeah helps yeah it's a three it's a it can be a three thousand dollar tie rack, and we can certainly get, yeah can certainly get a tie rack or a coat rack for less than three thousand dollars. But you know what is expensive is bad health, bad results, a bad attitude. I mean that's more expensive than anything else. But anything could be uh, expensive is it if it doesn't produce value, whether that's time, money, or freedom. So yeah, you could equate that out to anything. David, I cut you, know, you off. I talked over you. That's okay. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> I, I but, but I, lo I love where you took it. I love where Brian's taking it because the great Zig Ziglar, you just made this pop into my head. The great Zig Ziglar, I remember said, you know, people oftentimes will say, oh, you're paying the price for doing that, or you're paying the price for doing this. And, and he says, you don't pay the price, you know, for a Peloton. You don't pay the price for going to a 10X is what he was referring to. You enjoy the benefits provided 
provided that you put in the work, provided that you are a participant, provided, like Brian always shares with the rule of the river, that you participate in your own life and your own success. Things are just not going to happen for you. And there's a great yeah. Don't don't, don't skip don't skim over that rule of the river. The rule of the river is if you're in whitewater rafting. Uh, the rule of the river is you have to be an active participant in your own rescue. If you go overboard, we're not going to just come and get you. You got to come towards us, and, and the combination of us coming towards you and you coming towards us uh, helps dramatically your your ability to survive. So if you're drowning in life. Don't sit there and say, help me, help me. Hey, here's the first step in your help. Come towards us. Move. Do something. Be an active participant in your own rescue. And simply complaining about it is not being an active participant in your rescue. I think you first told me about that, uh, I don't know, three years ago or so. I think I've used it a thousand times since then. And more importantly, it is so such an interesting um uh, analogy because I've everybody that I work with everybody you notice you you I actually can tell if they are actually paying attention to the rule of the river or not if they're participating or not and Brian you and I've had many conversations <clears throat> about the fact that we can't want something more than you want it for yourself the, the, you David they'll pay someone will pay you for your training or Raylan for their training and or Barbara and they'll go there and they're expecting you to impart on them some wisdom that changes something. Nothing's going to change till they change. Nothing's going to change till they take some sort of action, whomever they are. And, and with great knowledge and a great structure and a great uh, outline of what to do, uh, you, you can do some amazing things. But it's all nothing, you know, the old saying, nothing works until you do. So you've got to put in that time and start small. You know, whether it's a diet or it's a financial plan or it's, hey, you know, where, where is my career going? How do I get this on track? Start out small. And it's the small steps repeated daily over a period of time that will lead you to some pretty good success. I agree. I agree. Uh, by the way, uh, Raylan, what's your thoughts before we jump off? Move on. No, I, I completely agree. And I think, again, we, we, we keep circling around this balance thing. And I think <clears throat> for me, the answer came from from really studying like stoicism and, and those kind of things and you know Marcus, Marcus Aurelius meditation that's like my book that I've, I've read a billion times and the only thing that I could really come to when we're talking about you know the what what white rudder rafting and, and and do you let go do you drive and I think it's a matter of, of detaching from the outcome that's the only answer that I've ever discovered it was this idea that you put the intention you drive but at the end of the day, you can't guarantee where it's going to end up. And the only thing you can control is how you respond to things. But I think we do this thing where we're so busy analyzing, all, you know, if I'm watching Brian on stage, oh, he, you know, I, I've heard this before, you know, it didn't work for me. Well, the, the question is, well, did you try it for like 90 days? Like there's so many things out there that you, that people hear for free here on Clubhouse or, you know, obviously during like, you know, David's coaching sessions, things like that. But it's like, did you take that thing and run with it for 90 days? Let it become a part of you. Let it become a part of your process every day and then judge the results. Or are you just kind of looking at it and going, I don't know if this can work. And, and far too often, like at the end of the day, I always look at like the, 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 the benefits versus like, like, for example, if I look at something and I'm like, oh, I don't know if this is going to work. How is it going to hurt me to try? And realistically speaking, like you, you're not going to lose anything. You're just going to learn a lot and, 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 and you're going to lose some time maybe. But the, this wisdom that you're going to gain from that experience is everything. And I see tons of people, you know, kind of what we're talking about, going to the 10X, going to this seminar, going to that seminar. And there's some people that definitely implement. But I think you would even serve you better if you just went to one. And then for the entire year, you just worked on implementing everything you learned. Everything you jotted totally down in your notebook. Raylan, how many people go to Tony Robbins? <laughs> how many people have gone to Tony Robbins classes like eight? Yeah, I was gonna say every year, every time. year they're going they, three they, times. Every year. Every oh, year. No, no, no. The bet the better question is how many people have gone and changed their entire life? You know, I, I and I know a number of people that have changed that have written books, that have directed movies, that have opened up businesses from attending a, a, a date with destiny or 
any of the many classes that he's had. And, and, and again, I guess the number that don't do it far outnumbers those that do. But it's That's really just a, it's just a choice, right? To, are you going to be a donor or do? And those that do get, and those that don't never will. And they, and, and they go from seminar to seminar to seminar looking for that, that, that magic pill that doesn't exist. Question for you, since you, since you own the gym and you actually go and you actually work out at the gym hard um, with purpose, right? You've seen people in your life that you see at that gym or you see at a gym five days a week. I used to go to a place called Bay Club in San Francisco. Five days a week, I'd see somebody show up and they're on the elliptical uh, reading People magazine or they're on a treadmill. And it occurred to me one day, five years, six years, seven years later, these people look exactly the same. Can they say they went to the gym? Sure, absolutely. Did they go five days a week? Yes. How many days are you working out? Five days a week. Okay. Did they do anything? No. Was it transformative? No. Do you see those people at your gym? Or do you well, kick well, them out? Well, no, well, <laughs> of course, you know, well, of course, you know, and you will take the money. Uh, and, and I guess how people, uh, what they do when they go to a gym is up to them, you know. But, but you know, with a, with a slightly greater level of input or uh, effort, they could get a dr dramatically different result. And, and we could switch gym for office or social events or you know, just about anything else. You, you, you have one level of outcome when you're just sitting there going through the motions and then with a little bit of attention or focus that that could be you know 5x the outcome and, and with a little bit of further follow-through with that activity again I don't want to limit it to the, the, the gym but just with a little bit of you, you increase the intensity you decrease the time the space in between and you you progressively uh, improve either the number of reps or the, or the weight you're going to make noticeably different improvements and it is frustrating uh, uh, when you see somebody there and you just say man you'd have probably gotten a similar result staying at home watching television uh, but but I guess it is up to everybody and not everybody wants to be uh, you know uh, healthy and the, the nice looking guy on the block and you know at the end of the day someone has to take out the trash and, I think know, it speaks to what the I think it speaks to the title of the room uh, don't you borrow? I think, you know, when you say, Hey, are your actions today serving you tomorrow? What Brian just said, you know, you could do that. And then tomorrow you're going to look like well, the, well, well, the, that, that, that the, the key there is right. But what do you want the outcome to be? And then, exactly. and, and then, you know, start with, the outcome. Start with that. Right. And, and just let's, let's you know, reverse engineer it to the activities necessary to get you uh, that outcome. And the outcome doesn't have to make you a, a distance runner or a bodybuilding champion, but it, we can all be a little bit better. We can all be a little bit stronger. And I, I think the body is the temple uh, of the mind and getting yourself physically in shape. You feel better, you stand better. And, and you know, I, I love the young competition that's coming up in business, the Raylands of the world. Uh, I would say Barbara, but, you know, yeah, Barbara, she qualifies too. Thanks, Brian. That was almost a compliment. Thank uh, you. Almost, left-handed. But, but the young she's ones. Almost, she's almost in our demographic, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, nah, she's, she's got, uh, what, what I would do with the years difference that we have in age, but, you know, the ability to take those, you know, these young people that are coming up and to be able to say, you know, I'm, I, can, I can hold my own there. Uh, and and to, to keep up with them, the work hours and the work ethic, and to actually lead the way there, I think is really a blessing for me at this point in the game. So you know, keep on, keep on. I and think. Me, it, I, meanwhile, as we develop the next round of leaders, right? I'm actively uh, working on my replacement, and I've got a couple of good guys. And you know, Marat was just out. Yeah. Uh, uh, I don't know, uh, Napa. someplace, Napa, uh, do, and I, uh, by all accounts, he did a great job, and people were sending, I was supposed to go, and I, I'm going to uh, the Netherlands today, so I couldn't go, and uh, I sent him, and they were like, so they sent me like, wow, he, he did a really good job, and I said, well, I, he's, I'm working on him as my replacement, you better believe he did a good job, that's what he's there for, I'm going to send a, an amateur, uh, I sent, sent a pro, and he did a professional job by all, all early accounts. It's, it's very cool to see, um, you know, when you, well, and Marat, if I recall, Marat 
17, 18, 19 years ago, uh, walked in an, in an entry-level support position, didn't he? He walked in at a position that was probably $13 an hour. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. you know, and, and he's now, you know, really running the variable operations for the company and giving me the freedom and ability to, to take Paragon's vision to where I think it needs to go, uh, for me to be able to go to Spain, Amsterdam, and Denmark and not miss a beat at the store. In fact, uh, the store does better when I'm not there, and that's, that's exactly the way it's supposed to be. So, you know, so, so the team has, has done a great job, and I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what, what they can do and what records they can smash. And he's, he's a great example of exactly what we've been talking about. Did his actions, you know, 17 years ago, 16, 15, 14 years ago, uh, serve him well, uh, today? Uh, uh, and as you said, reverse engineering. Our, our responsibility as leaders is to set the vision. And, you know, that, that you know, custom model, that little spark, turn that spark into a flame and fuel that flame till it's a raging fire. And... Uh, and not everybody wants that, but uh, those that do, it should be there for. And, and the couple of guys that we've had that success with have been able to run with it. And you find with, with me, I'll give you as much runway as, as you can handle. And, uh, and he's take, taking the runway, and that's, that's great. He, and he's, he's far from alone. I'd be remiss if I was making, it was just him. He's one of a, a group of people. And I, I tend to do better, David, with the homegrown ones, you know, instead of yes. taking somebody else's science project and working with it. And when, when I can get into some guy's head or gal's head at 19 or 20 years old, get them to drink the Kool-Aid and let them realize it's going to be a lot of work, but on the other side is something you could probably never even dream of, and, and then come through with that. You know, take somebody like a Joe Schuster and have him be a $100 million guy uh, and, and take Marat and or Justin and these guys and have them become super successful. It, it's really rewarding to me. I don't think there's anything better. I, I would I would agree with you and say that the people that I've helped to grow or mentor and to watch them uh, generate great success to own dealerships themselves or to have a nine figure, 10 figure business, that's even more exciting than anything that I've done uh, myself. And um, uh, I think that, you know, the question that you said a little bit earlier, I think maybe the question of the hour as far as, you know, what do you want your outcome to be? Start there, and you said reverse engineer it. So I'm curious, Raylan, uh, Brian, Barb, what would you say in the next 10 minutes as far as just getting tactical? You know, if you start with the outcome <clears throat> there, if that's number one and reverse engineering it, what are things that you think people should be doing right now today to completely change their outcome tomorrow? I think the for for me, it's finding and running down the obstacle first. Like, you know, we all have, well, first understand, you have, we have to understand that everything that you need to, to get to the outcome you have, it could be the right connections, it could be all those things, but the only thing that's really standing in our way is us, but with us comes the obstacle. And I, I was reading a book, um, and something from this guy named Dan Sullivan, who owns a company called Strategic Coach. And he was talking about his greatest life hack he discovered years ago was that he starts everything with what he's procrastinating with. I thought it was, he was like, that is, this is the silver bullet. If there is a silver bullet in business, it's this, it's you find out what you're procrastinating and that becomes the way, that becomes everything that you need to focus on and it can make or break your business. And I, I think a lot, like for me, if there's, it could be these little things that are in our business that like, for whatever reason, take up space in my head. It's those things that I, I'm trying to get off my plate, trying to get off my table immediately when I wake up because it frees me up for everything else. And so if we really want to grow our business and grow our life, I think it starts with what is that obstacle that's standing in the way of that and running that down first? Like I, I think about even, you know, the gym. I think part of those individuals, a part of the reason why people don't actually, you know, listen to the room title, right? And, and do actions that actually service tomorrow it's because we really do need an obstacle. We need an opponent. And I, I don't, I don't know. It could be obviously my, my background. Like I've always done, you know, one-on-one -on -one sports where it's me versus somebody else. And arguably it's me versus me, but there's always that resistance and that we can't get to our full potential without that resistance. I mean, think about it, right. From a racing perspective, your, your best times, if you're running a race is going to be when you're going against somebody else, right? 
And so you have to sometimes create that obstacle. And I look at people like, you know, they go to the gym and I, I had a little bit of a struggle when I got during the pandemic, I got, I got a home gym and it wasn't the same as if I'm like going to the gym. So I had to create an enemy. I had to create an obstacle, which happened to be my future self. Right. And so you're constantly battling against that person. But I think in terms of a tactical, a strategy, it's, it's looking at the obstacle for what it is and looking at it and going, I'm going to go run this down right now. Does that make I sense? I think that's the brilliant. I think it's the brilliance. It, it does. I think it's the brilliance of Peloton. You know, Peloton has got a lot of things that are brilliant about it. And although the stock has just gotten the snot beat out of it the last uh, couple of months, as has Netflix, as has Zoom and many other pandemic darling stocks, the reality remains that Peloton allows you to choose the length of time, the instructor, the music, the intensity. But the best thing about Peloton is that section on the right-hand side that pops up that shows how many other people are here either right now or how many people have taken that course full time. And, you know, for me, my, I, I literally can show you, I take pictures on my phone when, when I can end up, you know, in first, or I can end up at least high on the list. Uh, not, not of all people, all time that has never happened. Not even close, but of people first, that are first, in, in the room, first. Not, I was 20, I was 25,000th today and I was happy. First. Well, well, I was no, no, no. But I'm saying yes. I'm usually twenty five, thirty thousand, forty thousand of people all time. Oh, like the sessions. There, there are those are the people that are in the sessions at the time with you. So there mm -hmm. might only be fifteen, twenty, thirty, forty, fifty people. And and when I and what really makes me excited is any time that the person that I'm beating is in their twenties or thirties or forties or fifties. You know, because I it's allowing me to have that obstacle to have that opponent so to speak. And so I totally get, and frankly, if I don't have that, I'm probably going to be riding the Peloton. Like I'm, you know, riding on my way to a store to go get milk. It's just like, well, David, think about how many people that don't like that competitive thing. Cause it makes them feel some type of way. Right. And, and how much they're leaving on the table by not having that. And by the way, David, I can tell you how many times I've gotten on that damn bike and I'm like, you know what? I just need to kind of have a warm up ride. Like I, I don't, I don't need to go crazy today. And then I see someone like you getting after it. And the next, you know, like you get I'm sucked dying. in, don't you? You get sucked in <laughs> every, every time. Way. I will die trying. I don't know who said, I, you know, I will die trying. Um, and I will, and my wife thinks I'm an absolute in that case. She's like, oh, just take it easy. Why don't you just, what are you doing? And I'm like, I can't help it. I'm just, I'm, I'm hyper competitive. If you're hyper competitive, guys, I, what Raylan's saying, you know, you've got to activate that. If you don't activate that, that superpower is dead. It's dormant. It isn't doing any good. If you're not hyper competitive, you got to find something else that's going to move you from being a check the box person, as Barb was saying earlier, to somebody who's actually activating and doing something with it. The way well, David, Brian you know why? You know why we do that? Because we can. And I think that's like that's where you know, we have to realize this is that you have the opportunity to do that at any point. Like you, it's a choice. And I think for me, you know, again, I never get off the bike mad that I did that. Right. Like granted, sometimes I'm on the floor and I can't breathe, but like in that moment though, I, I would rather do that and let my competitive edge like go than than to not have that at all or not be able to like, imagine not being able to get on the bike period for whatever reason. Like if you have the opportunity I think you have to do that. And and to say that, you know, it's not about competition. Like, look, like at the end of the day, I remember uh, back in the day when I had a sales team and I worked for this company, when I was on the up and up, I was coming up in, in, the, in the workplace. I started at entry level sales and eventually became a sales exec. I used to call other locations and talk smack to the teams, right? And the other locations uh, across the country, just to, just to have that, just so they know I was coming. And granted, I was brand new. I was like two weeks in. But even now, you don't have to do this. But man, like imagine that kind of mentality as a business owner. If you can call your competitors in a friendly way, right, and go, just so you know, I'm coming. Just so you know, I, I, you're going to be hearing about me soon. And pretty soon, your, your clients are going to be coming to me, just so you know. Just to give you that little bit of an edge to wake you up, because I'm telling you right now, it's easy to hit that snooze button in the morning 
when you don't have a purpose. It's easy to hit that snooze button when you don't have somebody, you know, on your heels. But what makes it easy, like I, I think back to, again, my my old days of being a, a fighter. And Grant, when I say old days, I mean like this was like eight years ago now. It's a long time ago, guys. But still, more recently, doing jiu-jitsu and going to these tournaments, the, again, it's easy to, to say, you know, I'm going to take it easy today. But when you're imagining your opponent, wherever they are, in the gym, you go, man, I better get a workout in. When you, when you can sit there and imagine what it's like, the, the, the thing that we have to kind of remember, especially as business owners, and even just people in general, is that there's somebody out there that wants exactly what you want, and they're doing something about it. The question is, what are you going to do? Well, Raylan, I think, we I just think lose the other Raylan? thing, too, is, and, and would be great. I don't know if Barb's Yeah, you know, I wanted to answer that but... question that you asked what was, what would I do today if I saw, if I visualized what I want today? Uh, we're losing you, Barb. Me? Don't lose me. Hold on one second. Oh, here we go. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay. So I wanted to answer that question about, okay, this is your goal. What do you do today to start like reverse engineer, unpack that? What do we do today? And I remember this is years ago. So my, my boys are 16, 18. When Max was like six months old, that's my 16-year-old. So I had two boys, a newborn and a two-year-old. I wanted to get in the best shape of my life. I was like, I'm done having kids. I'm getting the best shape of my life. I'm 32 years old. I had really only been married about, um, I don't know, three, four years. Um, and I was like, this is my time. I was um, a stay-at-home mom. And I was like, I'm going to get in the zone. And I use and I deploy these strategies for anything that I want to do, whether that's being on TV or launching online courses, writing a book, um, getting in shape, just anything I want to kind of move the needle in my life. These are my three strategies. Number one, I write it down because when you move information from the dreamscape to the pen, the power of the pen, you are 42% more likely to hit those goals. So I write it down. That's the first thing I do. The second thing I do is I break it down doing this goal formula that I've used for a hundred years done by the military. And you guys can DM me. I'll give it to you because it's too much to go through, but it has very micro action steps in it. What do I do every single day? And when do I do it? It's not just work out tomorrow. It's not just call that guy tomorrow. It's not meet with that person next week. It is very specifically scheduled. So when I decided I was going to get in the best shape of my life and I was going to be like, I was really into like, like bodybuilding. Like I just saw these women. I was like, they look amazing. I want to see what that, I want to do that. I want to get in that kind of shape. So I, I actually started really getting in that space studying it and scheduling a trainer. So I actually got into the gym and worked out with a trainer and I did group training and worked out one-on-one -on -one with a trainer specifically every morning, six days a week, five days um, uh, at 5 a.m. And it was like, I had this singular focus and that's just, you know, I share that because then I, you know, by the time summer came, I was like, yeah, this is, this was my goal. Awesome. Yay. Yay. Rah, rah, re kick him in the knee. But the point is these strategies are very effective in hitting your goals, which is number one, write it down. Number two, you schedule the micro action step. You have to schedule it. You have to book it. And the third key ingredient is always having an accountability partner. And sometimes you have to pay for that coaches. Look, coaches have coaches, but you invest in yourself, which is just like we're talking about. A Peloton is only ex expensive if you don't use it. Cardone courses are only expensive if you don't deploy what you learn in it. It's the same thing with hiring a coach or a trainer. It's only expensive if you don't get the results or even worse, you book it and you don't show up. So there are just times and pockets in my life where I'm like, I'm investing in myself. I'm buying myself an accountability partner because I don't want to fail. And accountability partners, writing down your goals and scheduling are the great insulators and to make sure that you hit your goals. So I just wanted to share that. They're my secret. They're my secret strategies that I shared here this morning. So that's it. That's, that's your best secrets. Those that's are my it. best. They're so simple. <laughs> There's no, nothing they're awesome. They're I'm not awesome, like a Barb. I, lo I love those. I love those. And, and I would highly recommend people do reach out to Barb to hear, uh, to get 
uh, more information on the on those secrets, specifically the one about the, the military secrets that she has. Governments could be interested in that. But Barb, I was going to ask you one last thing, and Raylan and Brian, if you're still there, don't you think the one other piece, too, that everybody should really take inventory of today is, you know, you, t- you hear all the time about the, the people that you surround yourself with, your council of wisdom, your council of success, your council of motivation, whatever you want to call them. But are the people around you, are they box checkers? Do they just go check the box too? Uh, and you're kind of a reflection of that, you know, or, or are they people that are actually going to go out and activate, that are participants, that are rule of the river followers, where they're going to go out, every single one of them is self-actualizing, self-motivated, and willing to do what it takes every day. Is that who you're surrounded with? Or are you surrounded with people that just check the box and just tell you, hey, no worries, you went to the event, that's good enough. Do you agree? Well, you are the company that you keep. And sometimes you even see it in work environments, you know, where people just start looking alike and dressing alike and have the same like lunch habits and eating habits, exercise habits. And, you know, I've seen it. I've, I've, I actually remember recently walking into a hotel and like they all just had a certain look and it wasn't healthy. And I was like, the environment here is toxic because you, you know, you are the company that you keep. You very much be, you know, assimilate to the environment to which you, um, what you do you expect? What do you expect from the days in at three o'clock in the morning? You're gonna have the same. You're gonna have the same kind of people there, girl. Brian, she was just wondering why are all the other people at the vending machine look like I do? <gasps> yeah, I was not at the days why in. Won't those, I... Why won't those cigarettes come out? Darn it! God, can you believe we had cigarette vending machines? Well, anyway, we're gonna have to leave it there because we're at the top of the hour, and you know how I roll. It's we start on time, we end on time. Guys, thanks for joining us here at Breakfast with Champions. Um, I'm Barbara Majeski with David Spizak, Raylan Davis, Brian Benstock, and I hope you'll join us every Monday, 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Thank you for joining us on Breakfast with Champions. If you want to catch the live version, you can follow us on Clubhouse and listen from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, Saturday 6 to noon, and Sundays with our 111 Sunday service. Make sure you're keeping up with Breakfast with Champions and getting yourself a seat at the table.